Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Talking Ball, y'all, Poplarville Postgame Podcast. I'm Jason Baker, being joined by the host of the Talking Ball, y'all, Podcast, Clay Sweet, and then the man behind the scenes of Diamond Productions, our great friend, our constituent, uh, and Donnie Pascal. And uh, just the way uh, that Donnie and his team put on the production, uh, I think if you've had the opportunity as you listen to this podcast, if you've had the opportunity to go back and watch that stream, uh, you can appreciate the job that uh, his team did. And we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, the Columbia Wildcats win a wild one tonight, 27-3. to And I say wild because, Clay, uh, anytime that you've got a ball game with eight-plus turnovers in it, um, there's a lot of stretches there where Ole Mo was being swung from corner to corner. Uh, and it seemed like that early. And then about middle ways of this third quarter, this ball game just seemed to really be in the grasp of the Columbia Wildcats. Yeah, the Wildcats, as you mentioned, they kind of started to dominate at that period. I had it for uh, nine fumbles between the two teams. And when you look at it, JB, 27 to 3, Columbia had two scoops and scores. You can go, you can watch a lot of football and not see a defense score twice like they were able to do. And long returns, I believe one was a 55 yarder, one was maybe a 60 yarder so they plucked it loose able to return it and 14 would have been enough really you look at it the defense would outscore what Popperville was able to do offensively look they were really good four for them we knew Omar Johnson I knew he was going to be good he, he's a, maybe a touch better uh, than I thought he would be looking at him on tape. He performed really well from their tailback spot. Look, we knew it. Columbia's a great team. They really are. Uh, to come in this place, quiet the home crowd, says a lot about what Coach Bilderback and they have going. We've seen Popperville respond in the past. We'll expect them to do the same thing. How much do you think this game hinged on the first score of the game for Columbia on a third down play Tyron Holston had? has what possibly would have been a pick six uh, just go right through his hands. Probably a play Tyron makes nine out of ten times. And on the very next play, of course, at the time, I don't think we anticipated them going for fourth down. I felt like they would kick a field goal. They chose not to. They run the Philly special and get points. And from there, that seemed to begin to build their confidence in this football game for Columbia. Yeah, they had that score, JB, uh, fourth and goal from the five. And they run, like you described, the Philly special. And to credit them, it was a good play call, but it was a better play by their athletic quarterback. It wasn't like one of these uh, trick plays and every, he finds himself 10 yards open in the end zone. Now he had to go up and catch the ball in traffic, so credit Carter Smith on the catch there. And then the very next scoring drive for Columbia, they get a fourth down by half a football. A game of inches, and it was tight, right? It was in a balance for both of these um plays that we're describing and really just kept the momentum. Anytime Popperville, I felt like, got anything going tonight within a play or two, Columbia did what a good team did and stopped it, right? They they didn't let any kind of momentum build for Popperville tonight, and they're a tough out. They really are. They're a team that's played for back-to-back 3A South State titles and weren't able to get 
over the hump. I think they felt like they got over the hump at a 4A tough, tough place to play here tonight in Popperville. And Donnie, you had such a unique perspective of this game from inside the production truck of manning uh, the live stream broadcast and kudos to your team and, and the job that they did. You arrived at this facility sometime around 9 o'clock on Friday morning. You won't leave here uh, until probably close to 11, maybe 12 o'clock uh, tonight after all the cables wound up. From your perspective, from inside the truck, uh, what did you feel the takeaway for the game was? Yeah, you know, I think you said it best during the game. You mentioned, um, you know, it, it was right in that third quarter where Popperville gets a kickoff and um, they, they get a penalty. They got the ball on the Wildcat 30-yard line. And then here you go. Jay Beach makes a real aggressive play call, going to drop back, throw the ball. Looked like they had a guy wide open, but they just that, that defensive line knife through, scoop and score. And then to me, it felt like the momentum kind of swung at that point. That's really but, – but, but looking at it from multiple cameras, multiple angles, hearing you guys make a great call, look – it seemed like it was a wild game, and it seemed like offensively no one could, could really get their footing, but you said it best when you said defensively they were just so good, both sides. Both sides were just really, really good tonight um, and, and made made those offenses really, really come out and, and, and be tested both ways, you know. Um, athletic, Columbia is extremely athletic. First time I got to see them in person, um, they, they remind you of a to me a Deiberville from last year. Kind of athletes all over the place. Um, that, that's and granted, Deiberville is a much bigger school, much more you know a uh, larger roster. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, but but at the end of the day, I, I think we can play with them, Jason. I, I really do. I think you know you turn the ball over, you put it on the turf. And many times you, the ball never bounced your way, honestly, because how many times do we see the ball bouncing? You know you scoop it back up get a few yards and you you, you kind of take your medicine and, and and continue a drive no the ball never bounced our way the, the entire night but i think we can play with those guys i really do and i, and I hope i hope the hornets get another shot at them and, and and if they do what do you hope to see from popperville what would what would the adjustment be um, in your perspective, in your opinion of what the Hornets uh, would have to do to make that adjustment? Yeah, well, you know, from my look here, we're looking at it from cameras. I think our offensive line got kind of handled uh, late in the game. Early in the game, I think they did did really well. But they reminded me, we talk all the time, or I say we, you guys talk all the time about how athletic our linebackers are. Their linebackers were incredibly athletic tonight. Made a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage or even in the backfield. Uh, we have to do a better job of trying to get our blocks to the next level. Um, that, that, that's just the way our offense works. You know, you got to get those guys to the next level to make, you know, a Richard Bay spring him for 10 plus. Um, you know, we, we saw the two and three yard gains, but we just never get the, got that big hitter. You know, and every time we did, it seemed like there was a penalty or the next one up was a turnover. So just couldn't couldn't keep our footing. But I, I do think we can get another crack at him and I'd love to see it. Clay, uh, I think Donnie makes a great point. It's that second-level downfield blocking that we've alluded to. They really negated it tonight. They were an athletic group. I said early in the broadcast, Otis jumps off the tape because of his size, but what really jumps off the tape is the linebackers and the way they run to the football in this defense for Columbia, and they lived up to it. Sometimes you get in these games and you find out maybe they're not, not who the tape tells you they are, uh, but the tape said they could run, and, and the facts of it are is, uh, boy, they could. And, and, and they just seem to be waiting on you uh, at the point of attack everywhere you went. Yeah, and it's a it's kind of a cliche thing, but really Coach Beach never brings it up in our pregame show. And I asked him tonight, you know, what has to happen? And he said, we can't, we can't turn it over and we can't give up a special teams 
touchdown. Well, you got the special teams part, but when you give up two scoops and scores, you can kind of classify that as a weird way to, to give up two touchdowns. And Coach Beach, of course, knows his team better than any of us. And he had both of those things uh, go against them tonight, 23 for them. I know he's going to play in the Bernard Blackwell All-Star game. He's a good player. Peyton Anderson's a, a really good player. DJ Cloyd, 20 for them, a really good uh, player. Um, we kept it away from Jackson in a kick game. You didn't want to kick it to 11, and then a ball bounces up to him, and he's running 55 yards on a scooping score. So credit them. Anything that Popperville did to maybe nudge a help, they say, we'll take that help, and we'll make you pay for it. On the other side, look, Columbia turns it over four times. They're not supposed to win turning it over four times, but uh, just helped them too much tonight and Jay was so honest and, and brutally honest as we expect him to be post game he said look we just can't beat them and turn it over at the rate can't be really turn it over at all but not to the rate of uh, five times you mentioned it the pace of play we'll go back and we'll look at it me and you will talk about this thing for probably a month but there just weren't that many possessions anyway even with all the turnovers mentioned so you cut your offensive tries and in, in a big way when you give it away five times absolutely well but if the hornets are to seed them for round two they'll have to sure that turnover uh battle up uh that's going to do it for tonight's talking ball y'all popperville postgame podcast stick around after the break we'll have a visit with our defensive coordinator jacob aycock when we return thank you for tuning in to this edition of the popperville postgame podcast with fall and cooler weather just around the corner there's no better time to head out to brothers in arms it's hattiesburg's premier outdoor gun range it is located at 4657 highway 49 south whether you're a new shooter or an experienced one all are invited to shoot on the safe and family-oriented range. Go check them out and inquire about their annual memberships, hourly rates, as well as their training classes they offer. Once again, that's Brothers in Arms Outdoor Range at 4657 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And remember, always keep your sights pointed downrange. Johnson Farms and Meat Market features all Angus beef steaks for incredible flavor. They also serve cooked brisket and top quality deli meats, including pork, beef, and chicken. Beef packages are available too. Shop online at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North High in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. And welcome back, everybody, to the Talking Ball Y'all Popperville postgame podcast. Jason Baker sitting by with our defensive coordinator, Jacob Aycock. Uh, Columbia wins it 27-3 to tonight. And uh, what we've kind of deemed sort of a wild ball game tonight, uh, just a lot of turnovers on both ends. For you, from your defensive unit perspective, you forced four uh, turnovers tonight. It just seemed like every time we countered with a punch, they had a punch to answer. From a defensive perspective, uh, just maybe your overall thoughts on the game at first. Well, uh, it was a big game coming into it. We knew that defensively. We knew we had to play uh, um, great, play up to what we could. Uh, and then as far as turnovers go, that was a lot of big hits. You know, I think our, our turnovers came from us rallying to the ball and putting our pads on them and I think it was a physical game and and especially defensively that's where those turnovers came from when, when you get turnovers like that what does it do to a, a defense like yours right uh, in terms of maybe the emotion of it and uh, just the confidence level to know like hey we're popping this ball loose giving ourselves these opportunities 
Well, we have we have turnover periods built into practice, so that's something that we um, focus on. And anytime we get a turnover, you know, we, we preach on not just one guy being excited, but everybody being excited because it gives our offense another opportunity to go back out and do what they do. So uh, it, it just brings new life to us in throughout the game. In tonight, uh, Omar Johnson, I, I thought overall in, in the grand scheme of things, I thought we did an okay job on him. They just seem to find some stuff working sort of in the middle portion of this game, second and third quarter. If you could think back, I know you haven't watched the tape yet, but do you know maybe what was aiding to allowing them to have uh, – maybe it was kind of – it looked like to me like a weak side type rush uh, going out the backside. Yes, yeah, so it was weak side rush. Um, they were running away from seven, which, you know, a lot of teams do that. Um, I think that one thing that helped them is, is that kid's speed uh, is special. You know, he would hit it up and we would fit everything right. And he would almost take a 90-degree turn and run towards the sideline. So a play that's supposed to hit inside, he was able to bounce it and get outside. Um, we made some adjustments later after that and flipped our front and started moving our inside guys too. But uh, as far as their success, that's, that's what it stemmed from. It was them um, hitting it up in there. And if we fit it correctly, uh, their, their, their guy making a play and getting outside and using the speed. One unit tonight that I thought did shine, and uh, we said this on the broadcast, a unit that we can go months without ever mentioning in your punt unit tonight. I thought Zach Carpenter did a great job angling some punts away from their turners. But then I thought on the opportunities that they did take to return it, your coverage unit within that punt unit uh, stayed in their lane, stayed disciplined, and really and truly when they got their hands on him, got him on the ground, created a turnover out of the punt unit as well. How pleased were you with, with that unit? Because like we said, I mean, man, we can go a month without ever mentioning them. Right. Well, punt's got my name on it. Um, that's the special teams that I'm over. But uh, in the last two weeks, we hadn't punted very much, but we work in practice every day. We have that period. Um, and in the last two weeks, I've asked Coach Beach to kind of step in and help me with that and, and fine-tune some things because we knew that coming up we were going to play some teams that are good on punt return. And he, he kind of sat down with me, and we worked on it together. And, and you know, the, the fumble that we forced on that was actually our snapper, Jaden Holden, who did a great job. He's always locked in. Um, he does a really good job. Every snap he's um, had this year has been, has been really good. And that's something he just picked up in the summer and said, hey, Coach, I think I can do that. Um, and he's found a role there, and that's been big for us. And then we, we lined up in a few different formations to punt. Uh, but I think overall, like you said, we spread out and then came back together and covered it well. What will be the message to your defensive unit when you get an opportunity to address them again on Sunday when you bring them in for film and, and going forward? You know, the emotion of a game like this, sometimes it can feel so deflating being on the bad end of it. Uh, but ultimately, this was a jockeying of position to get ready for some November runs. We got to sure up some things, obviously. But what will your message be to your defensive unit? Uh, yes. I, first of all, when you win games, uh, before you go look at film, you feel like you're the best team you know anywhere and then when you lose a game you get really down so we got to try not to get um, too high or too low at any point we got to stay uh, pretty level-headed so the message would be defensively uh, you know I don't even know if they realize this but in the second half they didn't score an offensive touchdown I thought we kind of settled in now they ran the ball um, got yards got first downs but uh, we were able to change coverages change fronts enough our kids just had enough fight they they take pride in that you know we're down two or three scores, and, and they don't want them to get a yard. So that's something that we'll point out on film, and, and we'll show, hey, look, this is where uh, me, Coach Acock, could have fixed some stuff earlier on. So I'll try to take as much of that from them and point out the, the great stuff that they were able to do, and we'll, we'll go from there.
All right. We appreciate your time, uh, your graciousness to join us uh, after after a tough loss uh, like this. But uh, we know what the Hornets are capable of. We know what uh, kind of runs we're capable of. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe just maybe they'll be round two of this version. Appreciate your time, Jacob. Yes, sir. I hope so. That's our defensive coordinator, Jacob Aitcott, joining us on the Talking Ball, y'all, Poplarville postgame podcast. That'll wrap up uh, this podcast for this week. Hornets fall to Columbia 27 to three. We'll see you uh, from uh, the airwaves again when we talk to uh, you from Summerall, Mississippi this upcoming Thursday night. We'll kick off our Highland Community Hospital pregame show at 630. That's it for this edition of the Talking Ball, y'all, Popperville postgame podcast.